chance to hug her neck and uh, thank her. I agree with everything Janet said. Uh, we've been married 34 years this next month, and uh, everything is true. She is, uh, actually we have a church because of her, not because of me. Amen. And uh, she does all the behind stuff and makes everything great. And I'm blessed with my wife. Amen. And uh, we are extremely blessed that she is the pastor's wife of this church. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 43 and beginning in verse 18. If I can encourage us this morning. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give my people, to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. Father, in these next few moments, I pray that you would help us, lead us, and guide us by your Spirit to fully know and comprehend all that we are and who we are in and through your Son, Jesus Christ. We give you praise in His name. Everybody said? Amen. We've been talking a lot about our new identity and our value and our direction in God. And this morning I want to take that maybe to a little other level, keep moving in this direction about who we are in Christ. There are former things in our lives and there are things which yet lie ahead. We have to make the choice as to which of these things we will embrace and allow to shape our future and our destiny. How many know if we are able to help a young lady not go in or somebody to come out of being in a sex trafficking lifestyle, how many of you are going to help to help, help them find a new identity? How many know you're going to have to let them know that they have brand new value in Christ? That they are not devalued as the people who were in control of their life had made them, but they actually are a person of true value to God and can have restored value in themselves. Amen? And that there is a positive direction that their life can take through the restoration of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many would agree? But they, that person has to be able to accept that and to embrace that and to allow themselves to be made new from the inside out and cry. We have all heard the phrase, been there and done that. Yet for many of us, we go back there and do that again, even when it is a non-productive place, a thought, a choice, or an activity, or a behavior in our lives. We all have done that. We've asked ourselves, why do I go back here? I'm trying to press forward. Why do I go back? And so we battle with that. The message of the gospel is not an old life made new with just our old nature glossed over in a fresh coat of religion to mask and cover the deterioration and damage of our path. It is the message of a new life in Christ. How many know when the prodigal son came back to the father, the father didn't just gloss over his path, he gave him a brand new life. And it's referenced by the fact that the father said, this is my son who was dead and is now alive. This is my son who was lost and is now found. This is new life. It's not old glossed over. It is brand new. We have anchored our life in the power of the cross and the finished work of our Lord to enable us to have and to live a brand new life in Him that we may truly experience old things passing away and all things becoming new. That's not just a favorite Bible verse. That's the promise of God. That the old from our life passes away. It, it dies. When, when, when somebody 
uh, dies, we say they passed away. And when somebody said that about a person, we know it means they died. It didn't just mean they just passed a little further out of reach or they're just around another block or they're a couple miles away. No, they are gone. That person is gone. That person, whatever they, that person is completely gone. This weekend, Keith and Mike both had memorial services for their mother, and their mothers passed away. They are not here. That, that person has gone to be with the Lord. Are you with me? And so there, we, we understand that. And in our life, there has to be that reality. That old man passes away, and we have new life in him. We are raised in newness of life. Look at the inside of your outline. God is out to change the nature of man. In Exodus chapter 3, I put the reference there. You can read it. But Moses is up on the mountain after being in the wilderness for 40 years, after killing the Egyptian and being out there and expelled. And he's walking up the mountain, and there he sees a marvelous thing. He sees a bush that is on fire yet not consume. And God had so changed the nature of the bush that it could be a place of manifestation of His presence. And that is exactly what God desires to do to you and to me. God wanted Moses to become the bush. In your life and in my life, that's a change that God is after. It's to completely change the nature of who we are. The moment someone receives Christ, it's more than just a prayer. It's more than just agreeing that I'm forgiven. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for the prayer of introduction. But it's understanding that this is a brand new life. Are you with me this morning? That's what the Lord has for us. So God was manifested in the bush, but desired to be in the man. And sometimes I think we get content looking at the bush. We'll see a manifestation of God, and we want to go see the stuff. I don't want to just see the stuff. I want to be the stuff. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to just look, God, do something, do something cool. I, I love signs and wonders. I love when God does stuff. I love when the Holy Ghost manifests Himself. But I just don't want to have a life that looks at manifestations. I don't want to just have a life that, that has seen signs and wonders. I want to be the sign, and I want to be the wonder, because the very nature of God has consumed my life, and I am not consumed by Him. A God who declares, I am an all-consuming fire, can now abide in me and be upon me, and I am not consumed by Him. My nature has been conformed and transformed to be compatible with His nature. How many know that's what we're after? Hallelujah. And so it's an exciting place. So God created man to be his dwelling place, not bushes or buildings. I'm glad when we come together, God dwells here. But if he is here, it's the essence of him that we bring with us because he lives and abides in us. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Shout amen, somebody. Now watch it. God changed the nature of the bush. Fire consumes a bush. The nature of the bush had been changed so as not to be consumed. And God does that for you and for me as well. God was out to change the nature of Moses. How? By a whole new identity from the inside out. We spend too much time because we get saved. We come to Christ and we still live in our outside world. God doesn't pick us up and put us in a whole new environment. We're still... If you're here today, whatever environment you are living in, when you walked through that door, you got out of your car, you left the place today, you drove here, you walked in here, and in a few moments, you could have a complete transformation in your life, but it's the beginning of an inward change that you have to work out in an outward environment. I don't know about you, I would have loved for God to go, whoop, boom, and put you in a totally different place. I mean, no, that'd be easy. 
But he does something in us that enables us to allow this inward change. And as we begin to agree with the inward change, this life of God, we are born again, new life on the inside of us. And this life begins to grow. And it's amazing how life begins to come from the inside out. And as this life grows enough, the outside environment around our life begins to change. It's an awesome thing and a glorious thing to be a part of. Hallelujah. So God was changing the nature of Moses with that new identity. Why does God by His Spirit constantly work on changing it? Think about it. Repentance changes our mind so God can change our hearts. Unless our nature is changed, we'll be consumed by His presence. He must change us before He can receive us into Himself. So God is continually working on us. Why does God work? Why, why do we come to church and I've been saved for a long time, but yet when the message is preached, I still feel conviction to allow change to take place in my life? Because God says, hey, if I hadn't changed the nature of the bush fire would have consumed it. And if I don't work to completely change your nature and keep working on you, then when you come into my presence by the virtue of who I am, you have to kind of think about it like this. It's becoming winter, and some of us still have wood-burning stoves. We like fires. We have that little insert thing. We heat our house primarily with that. But every piece of wood I put in there is going to be consumed. Just be, it's not because the fire is bad. It's not because the fire doesn't love the wood. The fire loves the wood. It embraces the wood. It hugs the wood. It rejoices over the wood. But because the wood's nature can't, is not conformed to the nature of the fire, the fire by nature consumes it. And if you don't get this, my friend, you'll be frustrated in your Christian walk. The reason God works on you and He doesn't allow you to become comfortable, He doesn't allow you to be complacent, He doesn't allow you to stay with where you are, because if He showed up, and His nature, and you entered into His presence, everything contrary to the nature of God, or let me put it another way, anything contrary to His nature cannot abide in His presence. And so by nature, He would consume it the same way the fire consumes the wood. And it's not because He doesn't love us. He knows that the only way for you to abide in my presence is for me to transform you. The only way I can transform you is for you to agree and with the work that I need to do on the inside of you and submit yourself to it and yield yourself to it and engage in the process. That's why we have the encounter program and the journey program. Let me just interject here. I apologize with the person things going on this weekend. We had to reschedule November 8th, 9th, and 10th. We're going to have the, the encounter weekend again. And so, but we're doing that. But the, the whole point of that is that even going to an encounter, this is not a destination relationship. This is a journey. And it is a process. I, I wish you could just come in, pray the prayer, get saved, go on about your business, and when the moment comes, da, 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 you'll be fine. But it's not. It is a journey. It is not a destination. It is not an event. There's not one event. There are processes. There are things you go through that help you and move you down and enable you in the transition. But it is an ongoing thing. I've been saved for 34 years, and my wife is still praying for me. Amen. And, and working that out. How many have found that marriage is a process? The moment you make it a destination, you're done. It's a journey. It's a process. It's doing life together. Amen. I remember talking to my daughter and I said, hey, that's all good stuff. And her and Brian getting together. I said, man, that's awesome. But let me tell you what the essence of marriage is. 
This is it in a nutshell. It's two people that look at each other and say, hey, I choose to do life with you for the rest of my life. Whatever that is, I choose to do life with you for the rest of my life. Whatever that entails, whatever comes with that, good, bad, ugly, bald, whatever. I choose to do life with you for the rest of my life. And the joy that we will have is the joy that comes from finding somebody that you can do life with. Nothing from the outside. It's that inner bond that two people make to do life together. Everything that entails. And then you find out that life means kids. And if you have more than one kid, it means you have a house with multiplied personality. And if you have more than two kids, it means you have a life with dysfunctional personality. If you have more than three kids, it means you are crazy. And so you do crazy life together. Could I get an amen? But that's the joy of doing life. It doesn't matter what furniture you have. It doesn't matter what type of building you're in. You have the joy of doing life. Amen? So that's what God does with us. It brings us so we can do life with Him. And we make that commitment, God, I'm going to do life with you. So the making of a new you involves change. We all have a God-given ability to set our own course for our life. In discipleship, we've been talking about choices. In Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19, God says, listen, it's an amazing... In fact, turn over there real quick, Deuteronomy chapter 30, and look at it. It's an amazing thing. What an, the, the way Joshua starts it out, so amazing. In verse 19, I'm going fast, so I'll read it while you're getting there. Joshua 30 and verse 19, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you today. Wow. How'd you like me to start the sermon like that today? Today I'm calling heaven and earth as a witness, not for you. He said against you today. And look at what he said. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And it goes on, and verse 20 is very good as well, but for time's sake... We all have this God-given ability to set our own course for our life. Choices, beliefs, habits, discipline, relationship, vision are all determined by the course we choose for our life. But if we want to live in the presence of God, it's going to require a change. That's what I, I've had people, well, can, can I be a Christian and still do this? Why? Why? I mean, if, if there's a maybe or an if connected to it, why? Think about it. That change. This is the battleground in our life, the place of our greatest struggle, fighting to hold on to the course we have set and still be accepted in His presence. Does anybody battle with that besides me? God, how do I? Is there a way that I could hold on to this but yet still be accepted in your presence. No, a complete change. It's kind of like the bush saying, hey, how much of my old nature can I contain to not be consumed? Not much. Probably none. Amen? I, I kind of have to make you a totally different bush. Amen? Com it, it probably is going to have to be a complete change. Not just a it's, it's not like I can spray you with flame retardant. And sometimes our theology is so shallow, that's kind of what we think all we need to do. 
If I spray myself with a little Christianity, I won't can be consumed in the fire of hell. That's really not what we're after. We could shoot a little higher than that, amen? Just a little higher. We could go a little better than that. Hallelujah. So, thinking about it. The making of a new you involves a new course. So, I can't keep going in the same direction. Because it's like saying, God, can I keep going here and end up there? Probably not. Everybody said, you can't get there from here. Amen? And so, but can I keep setting that old course? Can I keep following that old way? Can I have all my own desires, all my own habits, all my own lifestyle, all my own friends, all my own contact? Can, can I not delete anything out of my life and still get to there? No, it's a diff, two different directions. Are you with me? And so we go for that. Praise the Lord. And when we make the choice to walk in the Spirit, everything in the natural realm of our life is subject to change. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If I could, in these next few moments, the moment we see life, and I hope you can hear this this morning, the greatest witness you and I can be, how do we reach people for Christ? When they see us living in this life with real life. When they see us living with the presence of God and not being consumed, but radiating this new life. And we are alive. Listen, in the midst of a world that's dead and dying, we are alive. And when people see life on you, we, we become like Moses. That's originally what God is wanting to do. He says, listen, if you will let me transform you, I can manifest myself upon your life. And people will see me on you. And you not being consumed. You not being under this burden of guilt. You not being under the, not all this phony stuff. But you literally being the radiance of who I am. I said, go, how'd you get that on your life? How'd you get that? And then we get to share the gospel with them. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and look with me if you would at verse 15. I like it. Make sure I'm in the right one. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 15. For all things are for your sakes that the grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Every people look up here. Look up here. You are two people. You, th this, is, this is me outside. But then there's me inside. And, and, and this outside, as much as I try, this outside is changing. It's an amazing thing. We can't stop this process. No matter how many age you have. No matter what substitutes, dietary thing, no matter what you drink, eat, pop, inject, or whatever. No matter how many times you have it stitched up, sucked up, tucked up, folded away. You will have to do it again. No matter how many times you inflate it, it will deflate. I'm just saying. You are not, this outward man is, he, he, he's perishing. So I would just rather stay with the original. At least with the original, you make it to the state of antique. <laughs> and when something is recognized as an antique in its original state, it is valuable. When you take an antique and mess with it, it gets appraised. They go, no, you messed it all up. It is worth nothing now. I choose original. Stay original. 
don't know what that has to do with anything. Amen. Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> the Bible has it had that. Therefore, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So my inward man is growing, changing. For our li- look at this, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, look at this, is working a far more exceeding and what? eternal weight of glory so the out there's something though there's a temporal thing a, a, a time and space thing connected to my outward man there's an inward eternal life on the inside of me and a glory that's taking place verse 18 while we do not look on the things which are seen but on the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary they are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal Write this down in your notes someplace. If you can see it, it's subject to change. And when we really understand the authority that we have and the dominion that we have in the name of Jesus, there are some things that we can affect to change on in the temporal realm. But I'm so glad that our call is not just to perfect this temporal realm, but God is doing something eternally in me, and no matter what I do to this external, there's an internal man, a new man on the inside of me that is headed for glory with God. Somebody ought to shout amen. So that's why you look at how could the martyr, how, how could the early Christian, how, how could they be burned at the stake? How could they be thrown to the lion? How could they rejoice in death and persecution? Because they knew, do what you may. I'm just, this isn't me. You could kill this thing. You can destroy this. But the inward man, that's why Jesus says, says, hey, don't be afraid of those who can destroy your body, but be afraid of him who not only can destroy your body, but can cast your eternal soul into hell. So there's an eternal side to this life, and that's where we are called to live. Are you with me this morning? So the temporal gives way to the eternal. Everything about our outward nature and world is temporal. That means they're subject to change, either on their own or by our choice and agreement with his plan and purpose for our life. From the inward man, we bring forth new life. He is alive with zeal and vision inside. Begin to see the new you. John chapter 11, verses 40 through 44, is the raising of Lazarus. And Jesus says this to Mary. He said, didn't I tell you if you believe, you would see the glory of God. And I'm telling you today, if you and I could believe, we begin to see the glory of God. But quit trying to hold on to the old and quit trying to preserve the old because we live. We were, before we come to Christ, we live in that. But now there's a whole new life on the inside. Live from the inside out. Hallelujah. And it'll affect everything around you. Everything in the natural realm begins as a thought in the spirit realm. All change starts on the inside and then grows outward into the physical realm. The life of God starts in you and grows out into the experiential realm of your life. I told the men today, I, I got saved December 13th. This December, 35 years ago, uh, I, I came to the Lord. And that's exciting. But I am still in this process of change. I'm still growing. God is still revealing Himself to me. And, and I feel newness continually taking place on the inside. And even on the process of time, when you go and you look at the pictures, and I said last weekend at, at, at Sally Nelson's memorial, it's awesome with technology that we can scan pictures and we can put things up and we can see a photo display of somebody's life. But it's amazing that in just a few minutes... We give a photo description of the dash between the dates of their life. Born here, 
died here. And so let us just show you a few snapshots of that dash of their life between the dates. And then we grieve like we have no hope. I'm glad that I wasn't born for a dash. You were not born for a dash. The moment you get saved and come to Christ, your life goes from a dash to an eternal. From dash to eternal. No end. No beginning. No end. We are alive forever. Amen. And so now there's a hope. It's just a transition. Hallelujah. That's why people get, get thought of. You know, if, if you take a little seed and you put it and we look at our life, the Bible says our life is a seed and we sow it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and he talks about the resurrection. He says what is sown is not what you reap. If you show a bean seed, our little kids, we, we teach them when they come in, we give them little beans, they put it in cotton, and then the little bean splits out, and, and, and the sprout comes up. Because the sprout was already in the bean. Let me just help you. While you're trying to hold on to your bean, you need to be more concerned about your sprout. Because your sprout's going to follow, I mean your bean's going to fall away, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it's going to dissolve and it's going to tell you the bean's going nowhere. It's all about the sprout. It's, it's all about the life that's on the inside of that seed. And so when you sow and so people say, hey, you know, are you going to be cremated? Are you going to be buried? How can God resurrect me if he doesn't have a body to work with? Well, if you're around very long, dude, you're dust anyway. So just to, pre, to advance the process and have some dust or ashes, it doesn't matter. Because the moment you were buried, the moment you died, you were sown into eternity. In all actuality, the moment... That you come to cry, the germination process takes place, and you may not be able to see it, but there is already new life sprouting up on the inside of you. And the moment you pass from here to there, all of the old passes away, and your glorified body has nothing to do with your physical body, but because your spirit has an identity. When I see my son in eternity, we won't recognize each other because we have the same head. We will recognize each other by the spirit that is on the inside of us. Amen. Are we doing okay? All right. So watch this. So the life of God causes this change. And I told the men today, I'm in this process, and you think about it, and even in preparation for what God wants to do through our lives. I forget who I heard say it. I, 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 I know who it was. It was Alistair, Alistair Begg in a series I was listening to. And he says, you know, we're amazing today because for our preachers today and even for me, we have a Bible school. People think, well, if I go to Bible school for two or three years, if I prepare for two or three years, then I'm good for ministry for the next 30 years. But Jesus says, you know what, I'll prepare for 30 years and have ministry for three years. And so I found this out, that in my life, I, Pastor Zane, I still feel like I'm being prepared. I still feel like God's getting me ready. And, and, and then you come to that Jesus when you come on the moment. Think about John the Baptist. Here he's prepared his whole life, and then he comes out of the wilderness, and he's prepared his whole life was prepared for this moment. And then Jesus says, hey, don't get caught up in the temporal. You were sent to be the forerunner of me. And you're just and, and you're forerunning. You're still forerunning because you're going ahead of me and I'm coming right behind you. I followed you into this life. I followed you into this ministry and I'll see you in just a few days. I'm telling you, get your eyes off of here and where you live. We are headed towards a hoping God. Amen? 
Hallelujah. And so God can prepare us and get us ready and do something great in us to bring us that season where we reach that place of effectiveness in Him. Inward change produces outward manifestation. And like that bush, God wants to manifest Himself to somebody through our lives at some time in our life. So the making of a new you requires an inward change which can only be done by the work of the Spirit, not the will of your mind. You're not going to will yourself to be a good Christian. You're going to live by the Spirit. Paul said, walk in the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. And so the Spirit of God works in our lives. Amen? Amen. You and I must be willing to remove all excuses, delays, and limitations and allow God to make a new you. To make a new you. John chapter 4 and verse 35, Jesus says to his disciples, says, Do not say there are still four months and then comes a harvest. Don't come up with an excuse to delay. Right now is harvest time. Step out. Get on it. Get after it. Take advantage of the day. Lose the excuses and delays and limitations for God to begin to do new in your life. Jeremiah, God said, don't let anybody tell you. Don't be offended by your youth. Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth. Think about it. They come in the form of people, thoughts, and behaviors. Excuses, reasons, rationalizations, justifications for the condition of your life that sound good and even make sense but are not true because they're just right up here in our mind my grandfather had a saying that said this an excuse is nothing more than the skin of a truth stuffed with a lie that was a great thought amen people make a good excuse but that's just the skin of a truth stuffed with a lie or sausage theology however you want to take that Secondly, delays. Anything that slows or distracts us from our course of destiny in Him, we must desire it now, not later. Desire God's destiny in your life right now. And then limitation is a thought or a behavior that keeps you from going and growing to your maximum potential, which is God's will and destiny in your life. Living from the inside out. My outward man. I can't stop there. But there's a lie that I can begin to live from the inside out. Where I'm no longer concerned about the outside. But I'm living from the inside out. And from the inside out it reshapes my perspective on everything. Because this, everything this world has, has to offer is a cheap imitation for the real thing. This world can't offer me life. Life is the life we have. Jesus said, I have come to people who had everything with everything that was in the world. He said, I have come that you might have life to people who were living. So the life of this world is nothing compared to the life we have in God. So the making of a new you requires we're losing all excuses. And then lastly, the making of a new you requires the ability to forget the past and to move on. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, and sometimes that's good and bad. The problem is how many know the good of the past can become the bad of your present? And holding on there. Because I was good then, I don't have to press for what God has for me now. So I can live and pass victories. I can talk about that. I have pastor friends. Well, you know, 12 years ago when we did this. And, you know, when I pastored over there when I did. I said, hey, that's awesome. That is an amazing thing. That was a great victory. That's so cool. But we live today. 
And so it was good, it was good, it was victory, it was success, but, but that was yesterday. That is the path. And it's not always just the negative. It's not always just that hurt and the anxiety and the rejection and the pain of being sold into slavery or being used or abused. It's not just forgetting that. Sometimes I have to forget the good. If I'm going to have the present that God has for my life. Are you with me this morning? Paul declared that he had to forget the success and failures of his path in order to have the plan for his future. And, and here, and, 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 and I asked Keith if I could share this because uh, Friday I went with him to his mom's memorial. And uh, it was the most exciting funeral I'd ever been to in my life. It was awesome. And just the way fam- family dynamic is so cool. It's cool. But I, I don't want to get way up into that. But, but, but at the very end, we, we did the memorial, and, and, and then they had the graveside, and we went out to the graveside. And, 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 and they did that, and they had the casket there, and she set up over the graveside. And then people come up, and they put, the pallbearers put their gloves, and the corsages on there. They took apart the spray that was on there. People laid roses on there. And, and then they go, okay. And, and most of the time, uh, in all my years of pastoring, the family usually leaves. Very seldom do they stay for the lowering of the casket. And so his sister said, I want to stay for the whole thing. I thought, this is going to be awesome. And so they started, they, they, made the, they lowered the casket down in, and then they brought a bucket of dirt over. People started throwing dirt on her, on the casket, handfuls of dirt. And then if they got done, they went and got the track. They got a big concrete lid. And they set the lid down on, on there. And then they said, no, we're going to wait till you fill the hole. I said, this is awesome. I've never seen that. Can I get a show of hands? You stayed through the whole thing till they put the sod on. Okay, okay, now what? So, so they're doing, but I mean, this is, I've, I've been passing for 32 years. This is amazing. And so I'm watching it, and, and so then they bring the tractor and, and the thing, and they dump the whole load of dirt. And then I'm standing there, and Brandon goes, Pastor Don, they're bringing the whacker over. <laughs> and so they fill in the dirt, so I let them, sure enough, <laughs> compacting the dirt. I go, this is awesome. Do we get turns? Can we do that? <laughs> Goodbye, Mom. No, I mean... My brain was going crazy. I have a squirrely brain. <laughs> Amen. So I, I could see a lot of healing, a lot of things going on here yeah. and stuff. And so I, but it was just amazing. And Brandon and I were cracking up. I, I, I'm serious. I had never seen that. Anybody say, did they, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm doing a survey for my benefit. How many saw that? Have, have you been to that funeral? One. Two. Okay, two. But I'm thinking, now watch. I'm saying all this because of this. How many know that that sealed the deal? Mom's gone. Mom is gone. I mean, th- she's all the way gone. She's th- the lid's on. She's in the casket. We said our goodbyes. Everything's gone. The dirt's gone. We've compacted the dirt. The grass is on top. All that's left is this is little plaque that says this is where she lies. Let me just say, that's how you need to get saved. 
You need to get saved where you get the old man in the dirt. You've said your goodbyes. You put your gloves. You carried him to the grave. You took off your cassar. You've thrown in your robe. You put the lid on. You put the dirt in. And you've compacted that old dude down into the dirt. The only thing that's left is there's new grass growing where there was old life. And there's a plaque that says, that's the old man. I forget my path. I'm going to live brand new life. If mom's coming out of that grave, she's not coming out with anything from the old. She's coming out completely completely brand new. The family said she is gone. We're completely saying goodbye. When you get saved, Christianity is a resurrection. It wasn't like just put mom in there and we'll put the things out but leave the lid off. Don't put any dirt on just in case she wants to come out and know. We don't die to be made new in our old. We die to be made brand new. Somebody ought to shout amen. And so it's the making of a new you. You will not be all that God created you to be by virtue of the good things done in your path. And you can't be stopped from being all that God created you to be because of the bad in your past. Bill, if you'll come back. The key is, hear me this morning, you must forgive yourself. There's some things I've had to forgive myself of coming out of my past. You must love yourself to be able to love others. Psalms 103, by mercy, He separates us from our sin. You must become the bush so God can transform you and manifest and express Himself through you and not consume you. We must forgive everyone who has misused, abused, or hurt you in any way. Can I just submit to you, how do you do that? You have to reckon yourself dead. And if I could paint that picture this morning, it was amazing because they didn't just say goodbye. They stayed there until the process was complete. And if you can get to the complete process that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We are raised with him. We are buried with him in baptism and we are raised with him in newness of life. Some of you need to have a funeral for your old man. I almost rented a whacker and brought it in here this morning so you could put that guy under and keep him down and roll some sod out over him and leave a plaque and say this is where he died and the old man is gone. I am new in Christ Jesus. Amen. You have to have that. Think about it. That means you have to forgive. That means mom is in the grave. She has no more feelings of bitterness. She's not experiencing hurt or pain. The only way the past can help you, if you choose to make it the luggage of your present. You choose to carry that baggage with you when it's dead and paid for. Whatever is not released from our past is bound to our present. See, what happens is, is we forgive. Go with me to uh, Mark chapter 11. That's the last scripture, but I want to read this. Mark chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. I'm going to read to you the Amplified. It says this, For this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. Verse 25, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, Forgive him. Listen to this. Let it go. Let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. Let it drop. Leave it. In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. Whatever is not released from your past is bound to your present. We forgive by faith through obedience to His Word, not by feelings. 
feelings are changed by acts of obedience. Forgiveness is for our sake, not God's. Not even for the sake of another. And it can be an instrumental in their salvation though. Being able to forgive people. I watch, it's amazing what happens. Every memorial service I go to, it seems like somehow reconciliation on some level takes place. It's an amazing thing. I saw a brother and a sister hug and love who have been divided. I've seen family members bridge gaps. I've seen things happen. I've seen people, the memorial service I, I did last Saturday, ministered at a co-worker of Peggy Sally's daughter is now being reconciled in her relationship with God I mean there's natural relationship there's spiritual relationship there's reconciliation that takes place through death and hear me this morning if you and I can forgive if we can allow ourselves to be dead to the old of our path leave all that unforgiveness there when we start walking in new life that forgiveness can be instrumental It can be instrumental in people accepting and receiving forgiveness on their own. I don't mean to be personal or intrude, but I have a father sitting right here and his wife just passed away. And this family's been separated. There's a member in this family that's been separated. It's broken the heart of the family for a second oldest daughter through the passing of her mom and the the, I, I got to watch when I went up there last week I got to watch the family come together and now I'm hearing testimonies how God's working in the daughter's life and and he said the, her family the, her whole family is going to come visit our family and I'm saying and, and so but they've chosen just to walk in love and forgiveness towards this person and then even through the passing of mom here this great restoration starts working and tearing down all these walls and do you know what the separation has been over? differences of religious opinions over who and how we worship God and then through death life reigns through death life reigns If you and I could learn that, if we could die, and we quit making it personal about ourselves and live for God, all of a sudden we become this bush that God has changed the nature of. And He's made us into a new you. And He manifests Himself. Bow your heads with me this morning. You might be here and you've come and you're just at the end of yourself. You've been trying so hard to fix your life. To somehow make your life new. Make better choices. Do better things. Quit old habits. Do this. Do that. New diet. New exercise. New friends. New place. New job. New this. New that. But then no matter what you change externally, everything that's in you goes there with you. No matter what you make new outside, the old you inside goes there with you. Today you're here and you're just frustrated. And you need an answer. 
Jesus comes and he brings you this answer. Come to me and die. And I'll raise you up a new life. Come to me. Let the old man die. And I'll raise you up a new life. Paul wrote and said that we were already dead. He acknowledged that we were dead in our trespasses and sin. But that God has made us alive through faith. If you could talk to anybody that's been buried. They would never deny that they are dead. That that old life passed. If there was any getting out of that grave, it would only be in newness of life. For you and I, when we come to that place, I'm just dead in my sin and my trespass. But I hear the call of resurrection, the offer of new life. If you're here today, that's God's offer to you. New life is yours brand new you don't have to do this for yourself Jesus died conquered death hell and the grave so he could raise you up right now with new life put that new life right on the inside of you your inward man made alive unto God though your outward man would be perishing new life inside of you while heads are bowed and eyes are closed there might be one person here and you're here today you're just at that place of frustration God's brought you here so he could give you brand new life You could begin this journey of walking with God in newness of life. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you, say, Pastor Don, that's me. I know today I need brand new life. I need to say yes to God with all my heart. Anybody at all that would say, pray for me. I need that prayer. I need to make that choice. Anyone at all? Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Anybody else? Anybody else? Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Don, I just, for some reason, it's so hard for me to let the old die. I I just have a hard time. And you're here today and you say, and you were saying, man, I wish you would have brought that whacker in. There's some stuff I need to compact and push down and finalize this deal that I, the old is dead and I'm going to live the new. I'm not going to keep going back. I'm not going to leave this grave open. I'm not going to keep trying to resurrect the old or justify the old or hold on to the new. I, I want the complete change of new. It's an end to this. Today, I'm going to make sure it's all buried. It's done. I'm putting the whacker on. I'm putting the sod on and the marker. This is a sealed deal that's you today raise your hand amen 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 praise the lord i'm gonna ask everybody to stand i'm gonna ask our leaders to come up here in a moment i'm gonna ask you to come to this altar and find a place of prayer if you need somebody to agree with you there was a word of knowledge that came to me said that there are those here who god wants to touch you if you're battling addictions and uh, there's somebody who needs clarity on a decision. There's somebody who has some bursitis in their joints. And somebody with ears and healing loss in that area. So if that's you, come. We can pray with you. If you raise your hands on any of those other areas, our leaders are going to step up just a little bit. You can find a place of prayer at the altar. or They can pray with you and agree with you. Would you just begin to move right now for any one of those areas? Giving your life, saying yes to God for the first time. Putting that old man down. Putting the whacker on him. Putting the sod on putting that marker down sometimes just getting somebody to agree with you pray that prayer of agreement with somebody today I'm putting my foot down today I'm buried
wearing that old man. Today I'm putting on the, on the sod. I'm putting the lid on. I'm putting the grass on. I'm compacting the soil. That dude's staying in there. This is a memorial service for me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the anointing to break addictions in this place today. Father, I thank you. You bring clarity into lives for decisions, Father. Lord, we can speak to bursitis and to joint problems. We command healing to body joints right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we command ears to be open. Lord, we speak recreative and creative miracles to eardrums and ear canals, Father, today. God, restore healing in lives today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes. Yes. Yes, Father. Yes, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.